0: This is the voice of Carnage, and you are listening to Carnage Cast. Hi everyone, welcome to Carnage Cast, the podcast about tabletop gaming and the New England convention where we play that Carnage. Uh, my name is Tyler, and with me tonight is Joe. Hi Joe, how are Hi. you? Hi, I'm
1: good. I'm Joe.
0: Welcome back to the show. It's been a while.
1: It has. It was probably a year ago last time I talked to you.
0: Yes, you told us all about the day after Ragnarok.
1: Yes, yes, indeed.
0: And that'll be linked in the show notes, like so many other things. Great. Uh, so tonight, though, we're, we're, st- we're sticking with RPGs, but we're going to talk about sort of the uh, a, w- a wider topic, which is running RPGs in a convention setting.
1: Right, right. I've done this uh, a, a fair bit over the years. Um, I've been going to gaming conventions for around about 13 or 14 years now, and mostly what I try to do there is role playing stuff, at least if, if slots are available. And I, I do I like running convention games a lot, actually.
0: We all have an idea of what a role playing game at home is like, where you know you and your friends get together and you have characters, and these characters go on and on. And sometimes, you know, people come and go as life changes around them. Mm-hmm. But uh, what makes a convention game different from the the, the standard assumed campaign model? Uh, there's
1: a, a few of the bigger differences. Is the the number one thing that comes to mind is when you when you're writing a game for a convention, you have no idea who's going to show up. Um, Especially, you know, here in New England and in in Vermont at Carnage, there's a reasonable chance that you will have met at least some of the people that show up. Even that isn't a sure thing, though. I've certainly ended up running one-shot games at conventions for a group of complete strangers, and you don't know what those strangers are going to be like. Maybe they're, you know, nice, mellow people who have been playing RPGs for a long time. Maybe they're um, you know, an enthusiastic young gamer, but they've done more board gaming and video gaming and they're not they're not really into the rhythm of t- a tabletop RPG net. Maybe they're just a nutter butter. And believe me, I've gotten them.
0: Um, <laughs> Is that a technical to- term, nut- nutter butter?
1: Yes, yes, that's a technical term. <laughs> So you, you 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 have no way of knowing what their temperament is going to be like, what their experience level is going to be like, what sorts of games they they you know they're they're used to, and you know every group has kind of kind of a different dynamic, but I mean I've had I've had far more good experiences than bad, and for the most part, the the rockier sessions. Even that tended to only be, you know, maybe one player at the table. And when that happens, you know, where there's there's someone at the table who who is just maybe not all there or something is, is, is very off. They have very poor social skills. Or they really don't know what they're doing. It, even those are not so bad typically because typically everyone else at the table kind of consolidates together and there's this unspoken glances around and people band together over the idea we're, we're, we're going to get through this game despite the the presence of this loon among us
0: so one of the key points of uh of planning a convention game is you don't know who's going to show up
1: right right so um partly because of that i like to pretty much anytime i do a a convention game i like to make pre-generated characters it just, you know, in a convention game, you're rarely going to have more than five hours. It's often more like three and a half or four. There's just not time to sit down and make characters, except in the the very most rudimentary game systems.
0: Right, or in some instances where the the GM feels they have a twelve hour epic and you're right, making right. your own characters, you know, gonna is it's it's acceptable to take an hour or two for that. Sure, sure, but those are far and away the uh, the exceptions, I would think.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean for the most part gaming slots at conventions or is any kind of game slots tend to be you know around around in the 4 hour range and if you want to want it to go longer than that you typically have to ask them some kind of special permission or you have to set it up in two slots and explain in the convention book that this is you know it's going to be a, a longer adventure.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Sign up for both games or don't bother signing it up uh, signing up at all. that that's that's a big commitment on a weekend to say, you know I'm, I'm gonna devote you know a quarter to a third of it to this this to to this one activity.
0: who yeah, an activity run by who to the players may be a total stranger. Exactly. And uh, even when I, I've found I've uh, actually been the perpetrator of this con- issue, but uh, even when the GM explicitly lays out, you need to play all the sessions for this to make sense people will still slip into the second session and wonder why nothing makes sense.
1: Oh, wow. I've not had that happen before. I mean, although partly that's because I've avoided that thing as, as, a, as a GM always and as a player mostly.
0: Yeah, I, I was that hapless player one time and, and that, oh, that taught me good.
1: Oh, well, at least you learn from your mistakes. Mm-hmm.
0: So the, the, there's also the time concern as well where your typical convention slot's four or five hours.
1: Yeah yeah and, and and you you have to in the process of writing the the adventure you 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 can't be um you can't be too blasé about the structure of the adventure um typically for a convention game i i very much tend to go for for you know kind of uh, encounters and set pieces where i'll i'll get i'll get an idea of the plot and as a as a as a rough rule you want to um you want to allow for about one hour per major plot point uh, that's some might be a little bit more some might be a little bit less, but for the most part that's that that that's a good way to organize things
0: mm-hmm. what What are some examples of of major plot points that would take up an hour um
1: it, um I would say more encounters than plot points plot points not where just something is revealed but where some um something in a gamest sense is going to happen there is going to be there's going to be a fight or there's going to be a chase or there's going to be um you know a a big building that you all have to go through looking for clues
0: okay so exploring the library or fighting a troll or
1: right yeah 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 maybe not fighting maybe not fighting a troll but um, you know, uh, uh, being ambushed on the bridge by uh, by 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 trolls and by the 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 nutty local troll lord who rules over them. I think you should you can probably count on an hour for that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're developing your convention games, you're sort of laying these encounters slash set pieces out where A leads to B leads to C, but A might go to C via D or something.
1: Yeah, it's it, 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 it's possible. I I tend to try to avoid those possibilities to the extent that you can when writing an adventure. There there's there's nothing sure under the sun when PCs get involved. You know, they, they might decide, no, I want to go open a bakery. <laughs>
0: you,
1: you you can't ever really know what's going
0: to happen. Right, laying the linkages down, uh, I have found can be helpful in rolling with where they they, they decide this needs to go. This this
1: last year at Carnage, I ended up I ended up breaking that rule a little bit, and we, we made it work. But it took, it ended up taking longer than I wanted it to take. The game ran more like five hours instead of four. People, you know, were kindly willing to stay late and finish the adventure. But but it was because it was more of a more of a kind of puzzle piece structure where the, uh, one character knows this, another another character knows uh, this other fact, and I've got. I've got NPCs around the, the city who have their own agendas and are who who are each trying to accomplish something. And there you're relying on what do the players decide to do? who do they decide to talk to? what do they decide to do first? And most importantly, do, do they make the, do they make the links? Do they make the, the links between plot points that seem very obvious to you, the person who is writing this adventure?
0: Right. Yeah, that was the the Japanese Noir game, right? Yes, yes, that's correct. Yes, I can see, particularly in, in that genre, you wouldn't get as much, maybe not as good, get as much information sharing and back and forth amongst the players to get towards the end. Right, and and,
1: and especially in a convention, not 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 even just in a convention game, but when you're when you're under time pressure, because this can happen. This can happen perfectly well to you, the um, you know, just the the GM with your friends, where maybe you know you, you've you've got a set limit on time to try to get this adventure uh, done today. You know, somebody's got a got a hard rule; they've got to be home to take care of the baby at a certain time. I, I find that what helps a lot is is sometimes being a little bit bluntly uh, honest with the players and stepping you know out of your. GM as adversary character for a little bit and trying to help them think through what's going on. You know, you kind of at least nudge them in the right direction if do not if not, actually giving them all of the answers.
0: Mm-hmm. So we have, in, in a convention game, we have, uh, you don't know who you're going to be playing with, uh, mm-hmm. creating, NP- creating characters for the players, which I think we'll get into in a little bit because yep. I want to talk about your process. Sure. And then... Um, uh, the fourth, the third thing is uh, making allowances for time. Mm-hmm. Are there any other unique parameters to convention games that people should uh, be thinking about if they want to get into this?
1: The, the only thing that I would say is uh, th- 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 those are all sort of kind of potential pitfalls and things that you want to think about. There's there's some there's some really extra good advantages to running a convention game as well, and and one of the big ones is that you you you, you can try something that. First of all, maybe your regular local gaming group j- just wouldn't be interested in you know maybe you're interested in running a um oh a, a kind of uh media science fiction kind of game you know something that has the feel of Star Trek or Babylon Five or farscape or something like that, and your players just aren't into that they're they're very much into into, you know, epic fantasy or nothing. But but running this convention game, you you don't have that that, you know, that stricture anymore. You can you can uh, have an adventure that's set on a space station with a weird alien life form that comes aboard, infesting somebody and is is uh, you know, uh, telepathically affecting the crew. I've
0: I've sometimes found it's it's fun to shift gears like that, but it's also it can all I have found it to be a little disconcerting where I need to readjust all my genre expectations and W- yeah. Think more closely about how this sci-fi game is going to go. Yeah, yeah,
1: and 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 I think um I I think that's right, and I and I think that's good. I think it I think it makes you as as a GM. Um, first, it makes you take a look at what do you do routinely in your games. What are the things that you that you do that are maybe getting a little bit too predictable or a little bit too tiresome uh, for your players I, I I've I've certainly done this uh, done this myself I I noticed um, that I had this tendency to um, to have um, to include interrogations in my game interrogations of somebody who, who couldn't be interrogated harshly because they were they were very young or they were very alien and the the the, the Players had to to suss out the information from something that was not really a regular conversation. They were talking to a, a, a damaged AI or uh, an alien who had crashed on Earth and didn't really understand how things worked. I played in um, in a series of games over the years with a GM who was was very very good, but no matter what the ostensible genre of the game adventures usually ended up with all of the characters wearing black and sneaking through corridors and ambushing people in a in a very special ops kind of way and that was true whether it was a a fantasy game or a star trek game or a vampire game or anything else
0: Mm -hmm. the international luge, luge assassin
1: international losers, luge assassins just, just just that sort of thing and I think the the, the process of, of going no I'm going to do so, do something different this time it, it makes you stop and think about what do you want to include and maybe well you know boy, why would why would I include that? that that seems strange to have the international luge assassins uh, you know show up here in um well I was going to say in Ankh morepak that actually wouldn't be strange. <laughs> But in um, in in Eberron or in Galarian or some place like that, some fantasy
0: world, right? Where they should be ninjas.
1: Yes. Yeah. Where, where they should just be ninjas.
0: Yeah. So, uh, convention games give you the opportunity to break out of your comfort zone, try something the home group doesn't want to try, and, and I and this this thought just occurred to me, uh, sort of sharpen your 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 plotting skills because, like you mentioned earlier, you need to be really straightforward in A to B to C sometimes and. If not shepherding the group, then showing the way forward.
1: Yeah, 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 there, There's no, there's no room for for fat in a four-hour role-playing session. If you're going to tell a story, if you're going to have a. A beginning, a middle, and and end, and a resolution where it's obvious to everybody that they've they've accomplished what they needed to accomplish. The the bad guy is defeated, or the village is safe, or the perp has been arrested. If you're going to get there in in four hours, there there's 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 not much room for sidetracking or, or thing or, or or things that 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 don't make sense or that suck up the player's time needlessly.
0: Right. So when you're you're keeping all these things in mind as you're uh, you know sort of coming up with what you want to run at the next convention, Do you, can you sort of walk us through your your process from where you start and how you develop on the way? The the the, the toughest thing
1: to answer about that is 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 where I start because I, cause I I don't think I don't think I usually know that that the, I don't think I usually know where I I start. Um, I rarely sit down to go. I am going to write an adventure in this genre for a convention. Let me see what I can come up with. There'll usually be some kernel of something else that, uh, that 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 one initial idea that 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 gets me going.
0: And those ideas just come from, from out of the blue
1: it it would be tempting it would be it would be nice to think so I, I i don't i don't think they do though i think even that requires some work it just requires the 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 kind of thing that as a as a gm and as 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 a, and as kind of a writer and, and all gms are writers at least a little bit it requires the kind of the kind of curiosity and uh and and reading and a kind of and a kind of breadth of interest that that makes you um that makes you, you know, go makes you click on those links to sort of, you know, odd huh, what's what's this weird history? You know, what, what's this weird news story? What's this, what's this link on Wikipedia that I don't recognize? And 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 I think, I think you it, I think you'll have a lot better luck if you have that kind of of curiosity and interest already in place and already kind of, you know, honing that on a regular basis for for those kind of ideas to come to you.
0: The, the frothing cauldron of ideas
1: once i get that initial idea for for me at least it, it always relaxes me just a little bit and, and and this can be true whether it's 2 months or 3 days before i'm supposed to be you know before i'm supposed to be running an adventure i go oh i i'm okay now i i i i got this i have an idea that's grabbed me and and i and i, and I know where i'm going to go with this now
0: Mm-hmm how does that interact with say a convention's expecting where you need to get your blurb in the book this this amount of time before the the convention
1: usually to to get something in you you've got to have at least the beginning of that idea to get to get that blurb in to get the adventure submitted so that you'll have something for for the con book but 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 you don't have to do you don't have to focus on all the work at this point. Um there was this uh the, the noir game that I ran at the most recent Carnage. I had done um I had initially been interested in uh I, I I think it was I was reading something about organized crime and that led me to to a link about, you know, what had the the uh the yakkas have been doing during and after World War II. That led me to um uh, just like a short little biography of some some very powerful uh, criminal figure in that country then, and that led me to you know well there was all of this Japanese gold what might have happened to uh, what might have happened to some of it so at that point I said all right so there there's going to be something with Japanese gold and I'm going to have I'm going to have some people looking for it so my, my my blurb for the con book as I recall was was just a kind of vague description of of, of different characters. Um, were were working to to solve a mystery or, or to solve a puzzle to find something missing and and all these other all these other forces were after the MacGuffin. so i put in like the japanese secret service and the yakuza and the fbi and maybe some crooked local cops in there and a few other things at the time i submitted that i had no notion of how that stuff would work together
0: mm-hmm. how do you, how do you craft your pitch for the for the book reading audience
1: you want the tone of the writing to match the tone of the game that you're wanting to run. Um, if you're wanting to run, um, a kind of, you know, like a, a, like a serious dark fantasy game, don't be, don't be, don't be flippant in the verbiage that you submit to, to, uh, to the convention about, you know, okay, well, can't ignore the Baryon and, and, Luthian the Thief break into the 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 vault of 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 or or, or, or or something like that. You you want to you you want to fancify it up a little bit. If if you're doing a more classic, uh, if you want to do a kind of retro D and D hack and slash into a dungeon, then 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 stuff like that is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you, generally you want you want to you want to set set the the tone for the kind of adventure you want with the writing that you want. Evoke the setting. Try to write something that, that that you think players will want to be in. And if people read that and go, wow, I don't want to play in that, then that's fine. Everybody wins. You don't get an uninterested player and the player gets to go do something else that they would presumably enjoy.
0: Right. It's strong communication so everybody's on the right page.
1: There's 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 all sorts of games at at, at conventions. I mean, probably, I mean, probably eighty percent maybe of the RPG things that that I uh, that I see in convention books are things where I go on. Well, I I could play that if I were you know if I just if I had nothing else to do, but it but it doesn't grab me. I can fi- I can I can I can I can go do something else in that time slot. And and to to bring the right to bring the right stuff to the table. once once you've got that once you've got that kernel, once you've got that initial idea, at, at at least for me, the next thing that I try to do is turn it from idea an idea into uh into just a plot, and and usually a pretty straightforward plot at that. The 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 PCs all start at this one place. There's and there's an important thing that's going to happen to them, or that they need to go do. Or that they have a vital interest in. And at the at the end of the adventure, the it, it, it should look like this. This should be the resolution. If the PCs succeed, maybe there'll be, you know, something, you know, for for some kind of lesser success If the you know, allowing for, you know, maybe the people at the table, you know, maybe the players just don't make don't make the best decisions, or maybe there's some really bad roles. And then, you know, and, and hopefully this won't come up too often, but, but what happens on a, on a real failure? What happens if they just really, really mess things up? Obviously, for something like a, a Call of Cthulhu game, that's, that's a routine thing that you need to be prepared for.
0: Right. That's but, almost what, the default assumption.
1: What happens if this ritual doesn't get interrupted? It's never, oh, there's more pie
0: everywhere. <laughs> it's a Squamous non-Euclidean
1: pie. ritual that was stopping us from having pie. <laughs>
0: That is an insidious cult.
1: It is. It, 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 they're, they're terrible folks. Just terrible.
0: <laughs> when when you're describing a straightforward plot, you think sort of a traditional uh, ascending climax or ascending action to climax, and then uh, y- yes,
1: and usually, usually a little bit of denouement. Usually, like like allow for like five or ten minutes for the for the players to feel like, all right, you know, we won, we accomplished something. You know, you know, let their characters you know, get 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 some kind of reward, let them get get, you know, uh satisfaction from from, from beating or thwarting their enemies.
0: hmm And um you mentioned earlier how the the different factions you were brought you brought into play in the noir game. Is that sort of a, a typical number for you or is that that seemed to me if keeping that, things straightforward it might be on the high end.
1: Yeah, yeah. That was probably the top thing that i that 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 i've that i've tried to do in the past um what are some other one shots that i've run recently i ran a i ran a day after ragnarok game and for those who don't know it the the setting is kind of post-apocalypse world war ii where the end of world war ii was this supernatural semi end of the world of chaos and anarchy and, and and monsters everywhere so i had the players start out as residents of a small city in in indiana who were um, and there was a, there was a sudden peril there was the the illinois national guard was going to to come and seize some important weapon that was there in their in their territory it was it was some sort of of uh, some uh, uh it was a magical artifact i I've, I've literally forgotten what it was exactly i ran this <laughs> only a year ago um uh, so it was it was a race. They were all competent people who were essentially drafted by the town authorities. You have to get there before this much larger army. Um, there's a, uh, well, but before this larger army arrives at our borders and they have sent a scouting party out to get this device. You have to beat the scouting party there. So they had to first find exactly where it was. They had only a vague idea. There were some of the kind of, you um, not exactly random encounters, but the, 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 those those kinds of encounters that you can meet along the road uh, in any in any kind of dangerous world, just to kind of get people uh, uh, you know into the swing of ooh, there, there's a fight, there's some action. There was um, uh, so that there was an unexpected twist there in the town where something had been taken and moved, and there was a final. Conflict against a uh, a supernatural monster that had taken this thing for its own and was hiding out with it in a big abandoned building.
0: You had your your key uh, antagonist there, the Illinois National Guard, and then you were sort of peppering into you were filling along the sides with uh, leading up to that that key man, uh, supernatural antagonist.
1: So there was the big supernatural antagonist thing at the end, and um, it's, it's I don't it was either. Uh, yeah i think it was it was directly before that they 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 uh they met a few of these enemy soldiers in the scouting party and ended up uh of of killing them so that they could not report back so that they thought you know, at least they had they had that accomplished and then they they could go in and get the the badly needed MacGuffin.
0: Mm-hmm. hard decisions and hard times
1: that made me think about something which is it's um if this might not apply if you're running something like d d 3.5 or, or a pathfinder that uses very similar rules something where most of the players at the table are going to know the system if you've got um if you've got a system with if you're that is if you're running a game in a system that has any kind of you know combat or nice mechanics that are going to come into play and it's not a really well known game which has been pretty much everything outside of D&D. It's a good idea to have some kind of brief encounter like that uh, the, the very early on in the adventures to get p- to get the players used to the idea of oh, so so, so what do i roll and, and and how do i hit and um oh is that is that good or is that bad, you know? Am am i, am I in danger here? It, it's a good idea to have a simple encounter like that early on.
0: Mhm uh some people might like to tie that to starting off in the middle of a scene as well where you you're already sort of partway through a, a conflict of some kind
1: mm-hmm. usually i try to I, I try to keep that like the, the I, I try to keep the, the number of, of enemies down i don't want the player i don't want the players to be worried about red herrings of like you know oh, what's that is that is that the real bad guy should we we be going after them instead or should we you know be be checking out whatever is you know is suspicious in this village instead no no just, move them on, You the, the, sometimes you have to, you have to railroad a little bit to to get to the end of the story, at, at least in this kind of game.
0: Sometimes the shifty shopkeeper really is shifty and you really should check the back room.
1: If they're going to be shifty and, and, and you should check and you should check the back room, you, you, you need to, to build in something that makes the players really, really want to check the back room. And it can't just be that kind of idle curiosity that they go, well, what is the, what do they sell in this, in this store? how about this next door it's <laughs> talking what are they talking about what do they look like and before long you're you're making up details and they're going well he's got all these details for it it must be important let's keep let's keep investigating that
0: mm-hmm. but that is to get them into the back room
1: make it seem like there's something there they want if he just seems kind of shifty and and, and and dishonest be a little more hey this some of this even comes down to just you know almost acting Vocal mannerism stuff. Yeah, he, he seems kind of shifty. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, he 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 looks kind of scruffy. You're you're not sure you're, you're not sure you're getting the best deal.
0: Mm-hmm. But,
1: and then you know, oh, when you catch a glimpse of a of a tattoo on his arm, that's that looks like a uh, something you saw in an old book about cults last year. That that that's more likely to make to make somebody in the group go you nudge know, them. We're just gonna go and look at the teapots over in this corner. We need to see what this guy is up to.
0: Yeah yeah. Um, so that, that actually, uh, brings me to, uh, our next point, which is sort of running the game and that the moment where the rubber hits the road and the players meet the plot and we all know no plot survives the players in a, in a convention game where you, if if it's not a, if it's not a railroad, it's at least a light monorail, um, (laughs) how are you nudging and guiding them and keeping them moving forward? Or is it rolling with what they think is like? clearly the florist is the suspicious one in this town we need to investigate her when really it's the candlestick maker
1: it's 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 a great thing when you can pull it off it is some of it with stuff like that is it can really be a uh, a kind of uh, magician's force to where if the players really latch on to somebody as the bad guy, you as the GM can think on the fly. Does it really hurt anything if I make this person the bad guy and and you know give them all the characteristics I had written down for somebody else? And sometimes you can just roll with it and 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 nobody will would ever be the wiser. Mm-hmm. If, if if that's not the case and, and you have a, a very clear plot, it's best to let the players know that in some way, uh, at really just about first thing in the adventure. One of those is you'll have um, – the, the classic is you've got uh, an old retired adventure is I've got a broken leg now. I can't get up there anymore. But there is this – uh, there's this tower uh, with a powerful Lich King ruin in it and uh, nobody else knows how to get in, but I was in there years ago and I remember the secret way and I'll, you know, I'll tell you for, for, for 20% of the treasure.
0: And that's like scene one. That's the old man in the tavern in a,
1: that that scene one you you can you know there's 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 nothing that says that the PCs have to be some kind of you know freelance adventurers who, who blindly wander into happenings you could you know especially in modern day games perfectly fine to make them members of an espionage organization or a law enforcement organization or some kind of you know fringe paranormal research group and they get they get you know an assignment essentially go here and do this thing
0: that is my favorite hook questions? Oh, it's my job. All right. Yeah, that's uh, you guys are all ghostbusters. Here's the job sheet.
1: All right, I'm going to go bust some
0: ghosts. <laughs> I was not trained for this, but okay. <laughs> yes.
1: And I'm not afraid of them, is that correct? I'm I'm No, no ghosts are feared here. Great, great. Okay, good. As long as we're clear on that.
0: Wonderful. The players will go where they may and the 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 choice is to either backfill around them so that what you have prepared slots into where they're headed or figure out how to or or build into the structure of the story the, all very the very large signposts pointing the lich tower is this way
1: yeah the, 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 this is what you are all here to do and 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 especially at convention games most players most players are fine with that they, they, they you know they, they've they they understand that there's you know only a few hours and they might not know who you are and go oh all right, so this is what we're doing great let, let let's go and do that
0: yeah, because uh, from the player's perspective, often they're shopping around for new settings or, or rules or, you know, just uh, it sounded it was the most interesting thing in the slot to them. So- yeah, that,
1: that, that's certainly the case with some people. You'll, you'll get people who, are, who have their, their one favorite game uh, that they can never get enough of and want something that they're there to do at conventions is, playing it, is play as many of that kind of thing as they can, whether that's a favorite rule system or a favorite uh, kind of adventure or a favorite background or something else.
0: The game's underway. the 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 players are playing. You're reacting against them. What sort of factors are you tracking in a convention game? Like, are you are you keeping an eye on the clock? Are you sort of figure? Are you and you're still learning how to read these relative strangers and figure out are they enjoying themselves?
1: Always keeping a little bit of, a, of an eye on the clock, at least, you know, every, every so often, you know, check after every encounter if something seems to be dragging. Some of it is just, you know, kind of reading reading body language. Does, does that person seem bored? Is it because they feel like their character doesn't have enough to do? Um, it's, uh, this is not specific to one shots. It's never a bad idea to have some kind of little you know some kind of little perk some little conversation or encounter or or conflict that can happen where uh where one and only one member of the party is going to be the best at resolving that um where it's it's not a crucial part of the plot you 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 just you just kind of have that on hand especially if somebody seems uninterested so you can try to give them something that'll 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 grab their attention and get them back into the game
0: mm-hmm is this stuff that you prepare beforehand, or is it coming on the fly?
1: Uh, th- th- this is almost th- th- this is not something you want to try to do on the fly. Usually, th- th- this is something to, to 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 kind of have have prepared beforehand. If you've got a character who's who's uh, a big dumb brawler, and your adventure is you know has you know come out to be more of an investigative nature, have a surly drunk somewhere standing between the rest. PCs and the back that they need to get to or the person that they need to interrogate so that the, so the 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 big dumb brawler can knock somebody's lights lights out and feel like they've accomplished something.
0: Mm-hmm. And so this is coming from uh the the preparation to design the characters. This is
1: this this is this is part of adventure prep. This is this is uh this is advice that is not from me. This is from from Robin D Laws and I, I took it to heart years ago and it, it has served me well.
0: Mhm. Off of that, let's double back to designing the, the player characters. What sort of factors are you considering when you're sort of deciding who's going to be on offer for players to grab?
1: Most of the time, um, when I'm when I'm doing an adventure, I've got I, you know I, I've got the plot in place first. I've I've got I've got that idea, and with that with that done it's 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 then it's best to build characters who are going to have a, a fairly easy time with that adventure not necessarily their their power level um just the, the the kinds of things that they are good at the kinds of specialties that they can fill within a party um so usually um most of the time when i am uh an adventure for a con, I will specify it for between three and six players. Uh, don't really want to try to run with fewer players than that most fewer than three most of the time. So I'll come up with three characters who are really integral to this in in, in some way. they've got they've got some kind of uh, indispensable skills or or knowledge um, that are going to be able to let the party bring this adventure to a successful conclusion. And then I'll build one, two more, who are, um, who who provides some extra abilities, uh, and but also but also duplicate some of that some crucial stuff as well. You know, maybe have somebody who's, um, who's uh, like a, a pretty good fighter, so they can add to the the, the party's combat abilities, but also has has some other. Some other skill, some ability that will that, that will uh, make the party's life easier. And then I'll have one or two characters who are who are really kind of superfluous. Maybe plot wise they're 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 a hanger on, maybe they're a boyfriend or girlfriend or one of the main characters, or a coworker or a roommate, something like that. And you know, they, and if that many players don't show up, that's fine. You just don't pass out those character sheets when asking people who they want to play.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's sort of a collapsing expanding party depending on who sat down so in running the game you're 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 watching you're keeping an eye on the clock from time to time there's sort of figuring out who's responding and how to draw them into it do you have do you have any uh particular stories of when you ran into a player that need, needed some help to to engage
1: yeah um there was one um Boy, this was this was it was a science fiction game. It was set on a moon. I'm I'm going from memory here, and this is obviously going from memory, and this is a good probably eight or nine years back at this point. And they, um, I I don't know if they were. I think maybe they had. They had only they had only done D type games and were just not used to other game systems and not used to other other adventure kinds but you know when, when there wasn't a here's a map some monsters let us fight them he just seemed to be you know to be kind of at loose ends and thinking oh this is like this you know he couldn't really get 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 couldn't really get into his character so what i recall doing for him was um First off, I actually left I left that character a little bit more deliberately off screen. There was there was some kind of troubleshooting task that could be done by only one person. The party decided to send him, and I I, I threw in a kind of unexpected combat against a, um, yeah, I remember this now. It was a, against a monster, <clears throat> an, an alien creature essentially that, that the party had not seen before. Their characters did not know what existed on this moon. And I, I already had the creature created for later on. I just had a kind of small, you know, uh, you know, teaser encounter to give them a taste for, you know, for, for this one person. It was like, you know, a five-minute combat or something where he could he could radio back seeing so everybody could ask him questions.
0: And how, how did he react or how did that, uh... it was,
1: it, it it went over pretty well. He, he was more in, in his comfort zone. I, I suspect it was, it was probably still not his favorite adventure at a convention, but, but, but it, it, it reengaged him more. It was more what he was used to. You know, I think, I think I, I, I drew a map on graph paper or something, you know, just just a kind of rough map. And, um, uh, use like a little action figure. I think I had a Star Wars action figure there, and I let him use that. As miniature.
0: Yeah how how do you how do you manage tension in in a four hour slot? How do you keep how do you because you know there, there's going to be some, I I would think players are players are going to have some sense of we're not near to the three hour mark yet, so we're clearly we're not climaxing. How do you sort of keep them engaged without always be like oh this is it this is it oh wait it's it's this, this is it for two more hours? I think.
1: Plots in role-playing games, for the most part, follow—at least in good ones—they they follow the same kind of plot conventions that we're used to seeing in movies and TV and books. And 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 you know, we we know when we're halfway through the book that this this isn't the climax. We we can tell that, but it's still it 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 it's still it's still along that journey. It's still feeling like you know this is this is an important step. It's still feeling like, you know, we're, we're, we're getting something done here. We're finding stuff out We're we're overcoming conflict. And, and most players in my experience are, 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 are good at, are good at, at adjusting to that.
0: Mm-hmm. Development versus uh, resolution.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I think they're, I think they're fine with that for the most part in my experience anyway. And they, 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 they remain engaged even those in those kind of, you know, uh, early encounters.
0: Yeah. Maybe this maybe this speaks more to to gming in general, but I've always I, that's something I've, I I I find myself struggling with is figuring out how to make development and but then just as engaging as you have slain the dragon.
1: Hmm. When I'm writing and when I'm writing the adventure in the first place, I'm I'm thinking about what what would interest me if if I were a player coming into this. What kind of encounter? What kind of surprises? What kind of characters? What kind of locations? You know what? What, what would I be just really jazzed to to, to come across in, in in this situation? And I just and I think I just try to write that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Generally, try to surround myself with with myself with players uh, who feel the same way, and that's that's mostly been successful.
0: So so like is gravitating to like, and what.
1: I mean, there's, 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 there's exceptions to that, but, um, yeah, I, I, can, I can, I can say in this format, I have been, I played in, uh, the ongoing tabletop campaigns that for various reasons, I, you know, I decided to get out of, not necessarily out of, out of any, you know, personal drama issues, just, no, I got better ways to spend my Saturday. You know, you you guys have a great time, but this, you know, th- this group it just isn't clicking or this this game uh system and adventure style is not fun for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's it's important to be able to realize that and everybody be able to part amicably at the same time.
1: And and one of the things about about convention games is it, even when that happens, you know, it's all going to be over in a few hours anyway. I, I find that makes it much easier to relax. I am far more nervous in the uh, in the day or two leading up to running an adventure than I ever am on the day of the adventure. once I get to the table, you know, I you know I'm you know I'm as prepared as I'm I'm going to be. I'm GMing now for uh, a sweet Christmas, 33 years now.
0: Congratulations. Um,
1: Thank you. Uh, um, uh, yeah, I've I, I've seen and dealt with most of the kinds of problems that might come up in a role playing game at this point. You know, short of actual alien invasion to us, the players, I, 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 I I've seen that before. Yeah, I, I've dealt with those problems. We've gotten through it. I would say the the other thing that I'm doing while while I'm I'm running a game is, um keeping an eye out you can usually tell when there's about to be a transition of some sort from from one scene to another when that's about to happen um you know i'll usually have my 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 points you know just kind of written down on a sheet of paper um no matter how much or how little i have written for sure before i sit down this isn't always true but at least for convention games it is i always try to to, to just half a sheet of paper of just like like these are these are the, this is you know these are the high points that we're hitting these are any important encounters. I always glance over that to see you know how far are we along towards that? If this most recent scene has changed because the pcs, understood something differently or made some kind of weird choice. Is the next scene going to work exactly the way that I've written? Do I need to improvise some kind of little bridging thing to get them from one thing to another? Do I need to change a character or a location in this next scene that's coming up to, to match with what has gone on so far?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's that's probably the hardest thing about um, about. You know, kind of thinking on the fly as a GM. That's the that's the thing that I find the most difficult, anyway.
0: Yeah, because you you you. I mean, I, I've I've been in similar situations. My thought process usually goes, "Yeah, that'll work," and then someone rightly points out, "Hey, that doesn't make any sense with what came previously." And I it's like, "Oh, yep, you're right. You caught me."
1: Yeah, yeah. "Oh, yeah. Hmm, okay. So, do do we want a retcon? Let's retcon. You know, back this thing up a little bit." Yep. And uh, yeah, I'm. I'm as as i've gotten older i've gotten more fine with that with with kind of stepping back and, you know this is you know it is uh it it's a game things don't always go right let's let, let let let's let's have them all again and try that again
0: yeah um over on all games considered they did a series on convention games and uh, one of the hosts mags pointed out um, there's nothing wrong with saying you know let's have a bathroom break or a smoke break and then the gm can scribble furiously for a couple minutes in peace
1: Oh, I certainly used that before to a good advantage. So what, what, who are these guys going to fight? What's going on here? how How they find that out, Eddie?
0: Yeah. Joe, you've been running convention games for, you said 13 years, 8 I'm
1: running convention games for about 13 years now.
0: Okay, so clearly you're enjoying it. Uh, yeah, very much so. What, what, what are you getting out of a convention game that uh, you, you wouldn't find in the home campaign?
1: The first thing is the ability to um, to run a game in a system, or uh, more often just a genre that my players, my regular players, would not necessarily enjoy. I have I I flatter myself that I have a very broad interest in in RPG genres. Um, so you know I would. You know, I'll, I, I love to play a run, and, you know, in, in, in a, a Western game or, a, you know, a, the, the historical Renaissance or, you know, Conan-like sword and sorcery or, you know, hard science fiction. Uh, you know, all, of, all of those things are really fun to me. It can be difficult to find a group of four or five other people who not only enjoy all those genres, but want to play characters in a game in those genres. So, so it it lets me, it lets me, you know, uh, it lets me have that outlet for stuff that I wouldn't necessarily, that I wouldn't necessarily get to do otherwise. The other thing is what, 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 what I talked about before, where I, I, I think, I think it sharpens you some, you think more about the process of how to write adventures and on, of how. You interact with interact with players. You you don't have the excuse anymore of you know if it turns out to be you know not the best session at least, yay we'll have some, you know we'll have some good food we'll you know make some Doctor Who jokes it'll be nice because that won't that will be the case at a convention game people will just have have a less than stellar time if you are not um, if you're not uh, on the ball both in designing that game and in running it once people actually sit down at the table.
0: Yeah, there's more of a you're serving something up and people want to enjoy what's being served. That that that's that's what I get out of those kind of games. Which is fantastic because like you uh it's it's a chance to break out of your comfort zone, you get you stay sharp and then you can bring stuff back to the home game that you either got to test out somewhere or came to you in the in the middle of play because you were thinking about it in a different way.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. That that that's something that that I found especially with Especially if I've written adventure, if I've written an adventure that I think, you know, wow, I I I really like this one. Um, you know, I I think maybe I might be able to 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 you know to to get this written up. You know, you know, maybe one day I can get this submitted, and I publish and people will buy it, and I will have enough money off of that to buy a bucket of chicken one day. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the financial aspirations of an amateur RPG writer. Let's. That, that 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 that's kind of the upper end of what you can hope for at that point. So uh yeah I I find that that uh, the the best adventures I, I do tend to rerun. I, I run them more than once. I run them with with more than one group. I run them at different conventions and I and I hone and I hone it and I see what um you know what's here that that just obviously doesn't work what's here that obviously made sense to me at some point when i wrote it but but you know just just repeatedly people are not catching on to or 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 making people tilt their heads going oh that doesn't make sense yeah you played this was a few years ago uh at quarterstaff this was a zombie adventure that i ran in um in Virginia, at the Greenbrier Hotel, where there was a zombie uprising.
0: I was thinking about that earlier in our conversation.
1: I've probably run that adventure, I think, four times at this point, and, and definitely felt like it, it got better with each time I ran it.
0: Yeah, more comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've I have uh, a small I have a small pile of convention games that are slowly building up, and I and I keep telling myself you can go back to those, you know, and you can make them, you can polish them and make them better for the next group.
1: You know and you know, for for those of you who have played in this before, you will go do something else. Don't play in this one again. Yeah. Party.
0: Go play in Joe's game. It's awesome. <laughs> Great. So Joe, j- to to uh to close it out, if you're talking to someone who's sort of on the fence, they like GMing, they they, they 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 like conventions, they don't know if they're ready to bring the two together yet. What 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 would you say to them to give it a try?
1: I would say um are, are are you talking about here about someone who has, who has who has GM games before? They've run games before. They've just not done it at a convention.
0: Yeah, they just need that little push.
1: Um, I would say um, first off, um, I would say do um, if you feel confident in your abilities. If you've written adventures before, do, do uh, 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 write up write up something new. Write up something. Uh, make pre-generated characters for it. If you're a regular gamer, run that adventure for your regular gaming group and, you know, and explain, you know, this is, this is going to be a one-off. I want to, you know, just, I want to, you know, interrupt our regularly scheduled broadcast and, you know, and, and really be honest as we play and after we play, you know, what in here works and doesn't work. Uh, you know, t- take those notes, make the adjustments that you need, and then, yeah, and then go uh, submit that to your friendly local gaming convention and, and, and sign up, sign up to run something
0: it's just that easy
1: it is it is just that easy the, 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 at, at worst it'll be over it'll be over in, in a few hours you, you, you've had worse doctor's appointments it'll be fine
0: <laughs> alright I think that's the coda that we want to end with this it, you've had worse doctor's appointments
1: it, it, it'll be fine
0: <laughs> Joe thank you very much for coming on Carnage Karn- Cast tonight
1: you're more than welcome Tyler
0: You've been listening to Carnage Cast, a production of NNEG LLC, all rights reserved. For more information, visit us at www.carnagecon.com.